Welcome to the Mount Hammer podcast. I know you said issue then, like an idiot. Episode 53. I'm Mo. I'm here with Elle. How's it going? Hello. Hi. Hi. It is a beautiful, breezy, very nearly summer morning, but it's not. We're only in February, but the sun's out. Everyone's happy. What a lovely time to be alive, eh? All that snow and misery seems like a long time ago already. Uh, don't forget that the latest issue of Metal Hammer is out right now. It's one of the biggest issues we've done in months. It's celebrating 50 years of heavy metal. The albums, the bands, the stories that defined our world. We talk through the 50 greatest albums ever made, as chosen by our all-star panel. Loads of big names in there. Uh, we've got brand new interviews with people like Tony Iommi, uh, members of Typo Negative, uh, members of Mayhem, Tom G Warrior, Metal Legends all over the place, members of System of a Down we've got new interviews with. Uh, it's just wicked, and it comes with three Metallica beer mats and a free giant Iron Maiden poster. What more could you want? You literally won't find more metal anywhere this month. I want it. You've got it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple copies. So yeah, go buy it right now. It's still out for, when's this going out? Out Thursday. It's still out for about a week or so, and then we'll be unveiling our brand new issue next week. So go out and get it while you still can, ladies and gents. Because once it's gone, it's gone forever. Unless it's still on the website, in which case you might be able to buy it there. So. Only just. Only just. Uh, loads of people cancelling dates this week. What's going on? I don't know. You tell me. Everyone's getting injured and fucked, basically. Well, Ozzy is still a bit poorly, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's got pneumonia. Yeah. Which is not great. It's um, not great. But he's apparently he's on the he's on the better side of it. He's come through the worst of it, but yeah. he, he has to kind of rest up for weeks, which means he's had to pull a ton of Australian dates. I think it is. Yeah. Um, with Judas Priest as well. Poor Judas Priest. I know, basically, had all their tours just fucking panned for their best album in a generation, basically. And they've got this big, one of the biggest and most metal tours they've ever done, and they've had to just kind of all sack it off for the foreseeable now. I know. It'll come around, though. It's just a shitty thing that's happened. It is. Uh, and, I get, and I gather that Judas Priest will still be playing at least one of the dates in Australia, I think I've got that right, but you can go out to judaspriest.com or melthammer.com, I should say. And uh, and uh, find out the latest info on that. Can we do a road trip? Well, to Australia. Yeah, that's a long road trip. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to, but um, yeah, as you said, I think they said they're going to come back here in the UK yeah. in September or something, aren't they? So yeah. it will be fine. Uh, rest well, Oz. That's the important thing. We love you, man. Get the hell back on the road. And that so, wasn't a no on the road trip, so. Yeah, true. Yeah. Who knows? Um, <laughs> if you're paying, I'm up for it. Are you driving? Who's <laughs> driving? Uh, can I no drive? Well, I can, but I, I've got a license, but I'm pretty sure it's out of date because I haven't used it for about 10 years now, so. Useless man. Um, Bring Me the Horizon had to cancel their final small run of uh, US dates. I think it was only a couple that they had to put in the end because uh, Ollie Sykes uh, went and blew his voice. Yeah, Which yeah. Which is interesting. Was it something about one of his vocal cords was torn or something? Yeesh. Torn vocal cord? I that remember reading it and thinking that just sounds horrible. And it's, I think it's a case of if he did carry on trying to sing, then he would risk permanent damage. That sucks. And a few people have pointed out um, that it's weird that he used to just do like... I think a lot of people forget just how good an extreme metal vocalist Ollie is as well. Like his screams are fucking nails and when that's what Brimmy used to do uh, he went through all that without any major damage that I can remember and now yeah, that he's doing weird, more he's doing more clean vocals and he's gone and fucked it up yeah. which is weird not fucked up that's harsh I'm not having a go at him but um, it's just interesting I don't know if that's because he's having to get used to singing more in a different way I don't know I'm still I'm just I'm just making stuff up really yeah. just speculating when you go to the shows you still find that he's missing words and sentences out and that Jordan's doing a lot of 
yeah, vocals. Sure. It's still kind of not seeing the full thing, so I don't know. Don't Interesting. Know. We will see. Maybe he tore it, telling everyone to pull their tampons out really hard. Oh, I forgot like about that. that. <laughs> pull your tampon out. Who knows? Totally yeah. forgot about that. Get well, Ollie Sykes. Get well, Ozzy. Uh, we don't like to see you know, metal mainstays and rock mainstays doing themselves a damage. Um, the World Metal Congress. This is exciting. Yeah, it's very cool. This actually got announced, uh, I think, early last week, maybe a little bit before that now, actually. Um, so there's this big event happening for the very first time ever, and it's happening in London uh, next month in Bethnal Green. So on March 22nd and 23rd, the World Metal Congress will be taking place. It's going to be a big look at the world of metal covering all the big issues affecting our world today. There's going to be exclusive performances, there's going to be screenings of special films. Um, it's actually put together by Mel Hammer alumni, our former boss. Mr. Alumni. I said it wrong, didn't I? Alumni. Fuck! Alumni. No alumni. Oh, it's like the 80th time I've said that alumni. wrong. Alumni. Former Mel Hammer resident, uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Alexander Milas, the former editor-in-chief of Metal Hammer magazine. Uh, has put this together and it looks like a fucking awesome event. So it's going to be, uh, I think I've got this the right way around. March, March 22nd, um, it's going to be a day of debate and discussions. There's going to be panels starring various big wigs from around the metal industry. There's people from Vice there. Uh, Danny Picard from BBC Radio One Rock Show is there. Uh, I think people from some broadsheets and all the rest of it. Metal Hammer's very own, Dom Lawson, Metal mm -hmm. Hammer legend, is going to be there. Uh, one of our great uh, veteran writers, he's going to be there as not just uh, a very knowledgeable metal man, but also someone that has uh, been around different territories around the world. Um, he's been sent to Nepal, I think it is. No, 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 no Indonesia. That was, that was you. Yeah, you went to Nepal, sorry. Yeah, Dom went into, he's been into Indonesia through a few times and checked out the metal scene there. And he's sung with Indonesian bands on stage. He has, yeah. He's actually got up and sung with Indonesian heavyweights, Burger Kill. So he's super, super knowledgeable about um, metal on the kind of global scale. So he's going to be there. Uh, that's all on March 22nd. Then on March 23rd, there's going to be live shows from uh, Worm Rock from Singapore. They're a pretty big deal. And one of the best named bands ever from South Africa, Zombies Ain't My Girlfriend. Yeah, we've had both on the Global Metal CDs on the front we of the cover as well. So very excited to hear those bands are going to come over and play. Yeah, there's going to be screenings of uh, metal documentaries from around the world as well, so you can get an exclusive insight into some of the, uh, the real struggles that many people have in different territories to, to put metal bands together, to play metal, to play gigs, um, to kind of create metal communities. It's not, it's not easy. I mean, Elle's done, the lady sitting to my left has done a lot uh, of coverage on this kind of stuff in Metal Hammer, and we've done CDs with these guys, and... Um, We've done features with a lot of these bands that will be getting coverage at the World Metal Congress and it's, it's just great to see that they're getting more of a platform now to kind of uh, make ignorant Westerners like me stand up and take notice, basically. <laughs> yeah, there's so much going on out in the rest of the world and we kind of get too focused on America and the UK when actually there's stuff happening all around the world. And so many people with so many interesting messages and different kinds of uh, sometimes traditional music incorporated into their songs and sometimes it's just straight up fucking good metal yeah so we've got something go uh, on um, uh, a relatively uncharted territory for metal coming up in the next issue I believe which will be fun so you can yeah. read about that uh, next, next week either the next one or the one after it's alright isn't it next week oh yeah I'm right aren't I yeah you're right yeah come on good <laughs> 
this is what happens when you're juggling. You get a little insight there, and so we're normally juggling about five issues at once. Sometimes it's hard to know what's going on. But yes, definitely. Next issue, that is a very good feature about global metal. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll reveal a bit more about that next week. But in the meantime, head on to, I can't remember what the exact website is, but Google World Metal Congress or check out the website via metalhammer.com. Uh, and uh, you can pick up tickets for it. It looks like an awesome event and I'm going to be there because it's going to be cool. So come hang out and celebrate metal on a global scale. Hooray. Someone who's not been celebrating uh, metal <laughs> nice. and rock on a global scale. Very nice. Seamless. Um, but having a bit of a whinge. I found this story hilarious personally. I've not read it and this is the first I've heard of it. Oh really? I mean I've just kind of been a bit burrowed in work this week as you might have noticed Merlin such a martyr uh, uh, no you have been I can confirm so yeah I've not really read what's going on so Nikki Six has accused Kiss of ripping off Motley Crue yeah so, I don't understand that that's the wrong way around so basically Nikki Six um, has uh, posted on social media a photo of himself um, did you go to the, the final cruise shows in London? yeah Right, so do you remember they oh, were no, on those I big platform this. It's the crane. Yeah, the yeah, crane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he was really upset because they'd stolen like a big stunt from their final show and their grave wasn't yet cold or something and kids yeah. had already gone in it. But it's a stage platform. Yeah, it's so just a rate of raising stage platform. Yeah. And granted, if you look at the two photos, it's a very, very similar mechanism. Yeah. But it's kids. They invented all of this shit. Yeah. Like they were breathing fire and flying through the air and going on... St- Great big rising steaming platforms decades before other bands are yeah. doing that stuff. Even I find if this they amazing. use the exact same piece of equipment that they did, it's not exactly some kind of big imaginative stunt. It's allowing an audience member to be over the audience. And that's been done lots of times, whether it's on wires or platforms yeah. or runways into the crowd. It's not a new idea that you'd be a musician kind of going out over a crowd in some fashion even if they've used the same piece of equipment it's just why would you get upset about exactly that? i mean it, you know don't get me wrong crew have done amazing things for for uh, kind of stagecraft as well you know tommy lee's drum coasters and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah, yeah totally you know that joe jordison brought that into slipknot and all the rest of it but um i mean also going at gene simmons over social media is a bold move because yeah. Gene Simmons is not afraid to just get himself dirty in these kind he of He probably patented it like 10 years ago anyway. Yeah, he probably <laughs> did. Yeah, Crew forgot to patent it, so Gene jumped in there and did it first. Um, I don't yeah. know, that's pretty... It's so cool. funny that Nicky's causing this. It's almost like he's got a movie coming up to promote or something that he could do with some publicity. I mean, hmm. why would you be so oversensitive about that? Unless you're genuinely oversensitive about your final shows and protective of what you did and you feel like it's somebody coming onto your territory yeah. and trying to repeat what you did in your sort of sacred final hour. Yeah. But I don't... Would somebody like that really give a shit? Maybe no, they I would. Know. I don't know. You just don't know, do you? These no. rock stars. I mean, I'm, I, I love Kiss and I love Motley Crue and I'd actually say I like, I'm a much bigger Motley Crue fan than I am Kiss, I suppose. So I'm not, I'm not kind of getting a kick out of... Kicking Nikki Six out of the mouth, but that's <laughs> yeah, um, I just yeah, I just thought that was uh, just weird. So just, of, the, of all the things to kind of pick up on and start having a go at. Like, at the end of the day, as well, they're both entertainment bands. You're not going to find totally. anything in their lyrics that's deep and mean of meaningful and musing on the depths of life and the human condition. It's we make big songs. I'm saying say that about smoking in the boys' room. <laughs> You have massive songs and a massive show and you go there and you entertain people and that's what you do. You can't pretend it's some kind of 
highbrow efforts, and that's fine. But come on. Come on. Just, just stop it. It's not exactly. very dignified, is it? Don't exactly. throw your toys out of the pram. Just get on with your life. Just get on with it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that said, I am fascinated to see. Uh, Do you see the trailer for The Dirt? Yes. You watched it yet? I, I thought it was uh, very fluffy looking. I, for want of a better word. I may be watching it this week. So. Oh, the film? Yes. Ooh. Interesting. Mm. Wow. I don't know. Will you be allowed? You've been allowed to feedback yet? I don't <laughs> know. NDA up to somebody, the balls, somebody. I'm not signed anything, but somebody might come and poke out my eyes or something. So I don't know. Oh, that would be pretty savage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty savage uh, <laughs> way to deal with that. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm interested in it because I feel like we've talked about how the dirt as a book feels like a bit out of its time now in the world yeah. we're in today and it was it was interesting to see the you know in the in the movie it kind of covers all the debauchery and stuff and then it covers the Vince Neil car crash and it seems to frame it in a way where it's like this was a really hard moment for the bands but you know that it was something that affected a lot of other people and everything else and it's I don't know I'm very in- I'm really interested to see how the whole thing's framed to be honest all that context aside it's a biographical film about people's lives which is kind of insane in itself when you know what's in the movie Mm. so whatever you think about what happened it did happen and so that's kind of just an interesting thing to to look at regardless yeah do you know what i mean well no i do actually i I think that it could i would like to think it could have been offered up as an opportunity for an almost like an analysis of where metal and rock was there yeah Yeah. the culture and everything else i don't know if it will because as we've seen with things like Bohemian Rhapsody and the rest of it, a lot of times it is, like I said, it becomes a bit of a kind of fluffy kind of montage of what happens rather than you a kind of accurate portrayal of certain elements, which much, you have to do because it's an entertainment movie. Yeah, you wouldn't know how much hours. analysis you can do in two hours. That's the thing. You yeah, know, totally. just, it's not a documentary. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Which you kind of would want to see in a way. You kind of would want to maybe, I'm just speculating, you kind of maybe want to see a documentary about the making of the movie and how all those people felt about it. Yeah, definitely. Interesting, isn't it? Because I wonder, again, um, I don't know how, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know how old like, Machine Gun Kelly is, but I'd be interested to know if um, the actors, for instance, uh, involved in the movie had already read the dirt or if they had to go and read the dirt afterwards and then what they had to say, what they had to say about reading it for the first time and then yeah. having to go and act out all this mad shit that happened, you know. Fascinating times. But yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing it. Um, as I said, love Motley Crue, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how that all goes down. We will see. We will, we will. Uh, in the latest issue of Melt Hammer, which you can pick up right now, uh, we always um, have a new noise section where we highlight all the best new bands you need to hear about immediately. And uh, the one we've gone biggest on this month is A.A. Williams, who I thought it was worth just highlighting on here as well, really, because I think she's fucking awesome, and I think that new EP is one of the best things I've heard all year. If that EP was an album length, it would probably be my album of the year so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she's fucking awesome. It's another Holy Raw band, obviously. Just seems to just be monopolising the entire uh, kind of new band scene at the moment. Um, but ba- yeah, it just seems like, uh, and this could lead into something we're going to talk about later with it, when we go back to the article Stephen Hill did recently. But there just seems to be this really interesting generation of, I don't want to say like female singer-songwriters, because that puts off a bit of a, a stupid um, impression. But this kind of like doom poppy, uh, you know, I guess in the image of people like Chelsea Wolfe, Emma Ruth Rundle, 
um, all those kind of people. There's, there's like all these really interesting artists coming out now and putting this really kind of uh, like heavy but not heavy strain of doomy pop out there. What Do you know she, what I mean? What is she singing about? Um, that is a good question. <laughs> And I'm going to have to say that you're going to have to read Jonathan Seltzer's excellent interview <laughs> mm. in the issue itself to find out, which I commissioned and read and fed back on, but it's been a while since I actually read it, so I can't remember now. <laughs> um, but I think what, what A.A. Williams is, is talking about a lot of the time as well, which I find really interesting, is um, this idea of what heavy is and what you have to be to be considered heavy. Yeah. Because to me, um, the EP, which I think is self-titled, let me just check my notes here. Yeah, self-titled EP out now, for your holy roll. Um, to me, it's a heavy, heavy album, but it's very much heavy, it's heavy thematically and it's heavy spiritually and it's just got this certain vibe to it that makes it feel like this like really weighted piece of work. But you couldn't, you know, you'd be hard pressed to say it's heavier than, I don't know, a Suicide Silence song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but to I mean, me, it has more gravitas than something like that. It's the difference between bludgeoning and taking your time, I'm going to say. Something that could kind of hit you over the face, or it can just ooze into your ears. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, uh, uh, I just think it's, it's wonderful. It's got all these different shades to it. Um, it's, it's all very slow, it's very pacey, it's very methodical. Uh, but she's got some really interesting things to say about, I guess, what, it's almost like why we're in, if you just listen to this for the first time with no prior knowledge, you might almost be like, why is this a metal hammer? This kind yeah. of stuff. But we're doing a lot of these kind of bands. Like I said, we do Chelsea Wolf, uh, Darker, uh, who else I say? Emma Ruth Rundle, uh, Louise Lamont, who we did a big thing on a few months ago. Um, there's all these really great artists that uh, you could almost say, like, do they really belong in, in Metal Hammer's world? Do they really belong in the metal world? But I think they absolutely do because they, 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 a lot of them have been booked for Roadburn. Exactly. Um, and they're not. We sort of mentioned the word pop earlier, you know, sort of death pop, gospel, death, doom, pop, whatever you want to call it. But it's not fluffy in any way at all, because again, you sort of talked about the pace of the songs. Death pop. A lot of the songs like are it. sort of slow, considered, textured, the lyrics are weighty. It sounds like something to be taken seriously. It sounds like something you might hear in a church yeah. if a church was concerned with the dark side of life instead of the light side of life. Yeah, definitely. Jo- jo- Jonathan Sells has done an amazing job. Um, we always have those little in short boxes that kind of just give you a rundown of each new band we cover. And uh, his, 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 as is often the case with Jonathan, he just put oh it in the gosh, most amazing Oh my gosh, let me guess, go on. Uh, he, so he says, it's a transformative folk and country-tinged fever dream laced with post-rock dynamics and unfurling just below your body's natural beats. Brilliant. It's just, yeah, and, and, and I can tell you that the music itself is even more beautiful than that little summary that he wrote. Um, I like the thing about, what was it, read that bit again, the body's natural it's, it's unfurling just below your body's natural beat. Yeah. And I love that. Which is a great phrase. Jonathan nailed it there. It is. It's that thing of like, almost feels like it's in time with the rhythms of your body and it's sort of innate and primal and something you know, mm. except that it's more slowed down and it kind of takes you out of yourself because of that and it's slightly mismatched and you feel a bit like maybe heavy or a bit consumed by it mm-hmm. or preoccupied with it. It is that slightly strange, ethereal... Thing. Definitely, and I think if you um, in this kind of sound is 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 uh, kind of uh, 
developing in, in the various parts of the metal scene. I mean, if you love that last Mercury album as much as, as much as we did, um, those kind of slower, uh, more melo- melodic segments on that album um, are the kind of thing you can find on this EP. Um, so if you're into all that kind of stuff and there's a lot of it out there, I, I think that this A.A. Williams EP is one of the best of the lot. It's out now via Holy Bull. Quite hard to find on Spotify. That's my only criticism of it. If you, t- if you type in A.A. Williams on Spotify, there's a lot of random shit that comes up. Um, but apart from that, it's really good. If you if you want if you can only be bothered to check out one song, I'd say check out Control. That's my favourite on the album. It's really good. Uh, the EP, sorry. So yeah, that's really, 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 really great. <laughs> <laughs> five out of five from you. Five. Ten out of ten as we review on Metal Hammer. <laughs> I hasted it's to remind you. It's different on the website. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I still don't know why that is. Um, <laughs> Should we take some reader questions? Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on then, you take one. Aidan Gordon Freeman asks, with all of the changes in genres over the years, what do you guys think will be the next big movement in the metal scene? We Um, sort of talked about this just now. Yeah, and I think it's quite a big thing. Would you call it death pop or doom pop? Something like that, I don't know. Death pop, what should we call it? I think it's got a proper name that uh, people have... Death already, gospel, some people say. Yeah, death gospel, yeah. 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 I like death pop better, it sounds cooler. We're going to call it death pop. Some of it's more gospel than other bits, so I don't know. That's all right, you know. Some thrash bands are faster than others. It's a broad church. <laughs> it is a broad church. So yeah, uh, Emma Ruth Rundle, A.A. Williams, Louise Nettemore. Um, uh, Nicole Sabonet. Nicole Sabonet, yeah, that's a great shout. Uh, all, the, all these kind of excellent artists. Um, Anna von Hauswolf. Anna von Hauswolf, yeah, God, there's loads on there. This is this really kind of uh, interesting movement of uh, of kind of doomy, deathy, death tinged, um, lumbering pop music. It's yeah. awesome, and we're all over it. So that, yeah, that's. I don't know if that's going to be the next big thing, but I think it's the first time in a little while where you can kind of identify a sound and a a group of bands that all subscribe to it. Yeah, I reckon. We've also talked about what we called Holy Rawcore. Just a kind yeah. of generation of fans loosely linked by the label. You know, they're all kind of going to be a bit noisy, have their own personality in some way. Yeah, same as how in, in you know, Roadrunner in the 90s, like yeah. Type of Negative don't sound like Sepultura, who don't sound like yeah. Machine Head, but they all just, you just... Linked by kind of ethos. And, yeah, and just being sick. <laughs> yeah, that generation was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, now we, I think Holy Roar very much propping up another... Anyway, we talked about like, the other podcast. Yeah, I'd like to see a movement, I think I've talked about this before as well, like new metal that comes out and just blows up in the mainstream and just makes everything popular and encourages people to just check out a load of heavy music at the same time. I too would back that, especially if it's new metal again. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you do see it coming out in other bands, do like Shapes and yeah, totally. stuff. Yeah, I mean... It's not, it's kind of hanging around Cane Hill, although they went and did their acoustic thing I recently. think even, the, I mean, those are quite, those, those are quite like new metal bands a lot of the time aren't they? Uh, I think yeah. you can even find like, you know, the grooves of Korn, the riffs of Slipknot, the production sure. of Linkin Park. Like, oh, that's yeah. all over metal now. Oh, Fever 333, Linkin Park all over. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, I mean, you know, they've left their fingerprints. You know, Bring Me The Horizon just got a number one album and uh, Chester, um, Chester Bennington was a huge influence on it, at least kind of, uh, you know when he did like his halfway between cleans and screaming vocals yeah. on separate title? Yeah. Like that kind of stuff, like the sleepwalking stuff. I'd also like to just see something completely random, like, I don't know, something based on something really visual or a scene that comes out of another country where, like we were talking about, like Indonesia or, you know, there's that Mongolian band, The Who, at the mm. moment. 
H, the capital H, capital U. Mm. Uh, they've done a song called Wolf Totem, which you can find on Spotify. And I was like, why can't I find any more music? And it turns out they've only released two singles. They've got oh, a demo right. album coming out this year. And um, we've covered Mongolian folk metal before in bands like Tenga Cavalry. But this band have got this kind of like sort of groove and a slightly classic metal sound, but then massive like throat singing bits and uh, sort of a primal kind of makes you think of mountains sort of beat. So stuff like that as well, you kind of think, oh, well, there'll just be a massive explosion of Mongolian metal and is throat singing going to become a massive thing? I don't know. You never know, do you? But I'd kind of like to see that. I'd like to see like Mongolian throat singing metal take over the O2 <laughs> arena. Big shout. I'd love to see that. <laughs> we're talking fantasy here. Right, we're sure. talking fantasy metal movements. And that's why, yeah, that. more evidence of why Elle's probably the foremost expert on uh, global metal in the UK at the moment. That was finished. <laughs> Mongolian throat metal. There you go. There you Can't really. Uh, Look at really the video on YouTube. That. Yeah, go check them out. The Who. That's another. I'm sure, we'll do something in the McDonald's. That's so. another cool uh, shout for this for this podcast. Uh, Michael Jolly says, saw a post somewhere moaning about Enter Shikari releasing a new live album and how it's just a way to make more money. Do you think live albums are a good thing or just shitty cra- cash grabs? That's really hard to say. Shitty it was. Cash I, grabs. I nearly fucked up. I thought you were going to say crabs. <laughs> shitty cash crabs. Crab cash. <laughs> <laughs> Crab cash. <laughs> Um, I'd like think? a live album that comes with a free crab. I'm glad you stopped it there. <laughs> uh, what do you think? A live album's a good thing or just shitty cash grabs? Shitty cash grabs. We need to say that quite I, for Ooh. me personally, it completely depends on the band. If we're talking about Slipknot doing Download, that live album, what's that called? Um, oh God. Um, Hell. An- Antennas to Hell? No, it's not called no. that. Oh, yeah. No, oh, maybe is that the greatest it's, hits? I one. thought he said Ancenders to Hell. He said Antennas to Hell. Yeah. I think the download one's got a different name, but I can't remember. So that's really good. That has just got, like, spit and fire. and Right, I can say Antennas to Hell is the special, is the, is the greatest hits that they release, and it comes with uh, Live at Downloads 2009. But yeah, you can just feel the intensity and the spit bit and the <laughs> like of Corey's voice and like ah that's the noise you make yeah. that feels really good and something like the Ramstein and it was Paris, a legendary gig it was yeah it was like seminal gig for and something like the Ramstein Paris um live album which is really good as well which came with the Jonas Ackerland directed uh, film. I was gonna say are we counting like DVDs and visual stuff in this I guess we do don't we but, uh, Whatever you like, Merlin. Sure. But that, that's got a soundtrack as well. So stuff like that I'm really into where it's a band that I really like. They've got a good show and you can tell that they were on form when they made it and it sounds really exciting and you get a bit fired up by it. But other bands sometimes just put out a couple of live tracks on an album or a live album and I'm like, I don't really care. I just want to listen to the studio versions. Mm. Probably just depends what kind of a fan you are. If you're a mega fan, you're going to get excited about it. If you're not, then... Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, what I do think is that the idea that someone's got pissed off about... I mean, I'm not a big Enter Shikari fan, to be honest, but they're one of the most hard-working, kind of vital English bands that have come along in the last 15 years. They've been so important to the UK scene. They've done everything off their own backs. They've, they've done so much kind of off a DIY ethic and independence and all the rest of it. And the idea that someone's angry 
because Enter Shikari wants to make money. Ugh. Wankers, how dare you? How dare you eat how dare you? and pay your bills? I've never paid for a song of yours in my life, but I'm gonna fucking moan <laughs> because you're putting out a live album that people might buy. Ugh, buying music, are you sick? Who do you think you are, you pigs? Yeah, you exactly. pigs. Paying for music, you cunts. Cash crabs. Cash crabs. <laughs> um, I find that absolutely bizarre. Why would someone have a problem with someone with a band wanting to make money? No one's making money out of music anymore. If they can find a way to make some money out of music, Releasing an album that someone wants to then go and buy. Who could possibly have a problem with that? I don't understand. I love Ed Shikari as well, I'll say that. And their show, again, is one of those bands, like the ones I just mentioned, where they do a fantastic show. Not just production-wise, but sound-wise. I was at the show at Alexandra Palace where they had... What did they call it? They had sound everywhere. The sound system. Shikari sound system. It, no, that's the DJ Oh, that's the DJ thing, isn't it? Sorry, no, it was, yeah. they called it, like, not surround sound, but something... Help, help me again. <laughs> help me, Merlin, you're my only hope. I don't know, do you? You're the fan. I was there. Right. It, yeah, it was sound all around the room, basically. So you were just, it was like you were in a speaker. And they managed to do that at Alexandra Palace, which is no mean feat. And again, I would enjoy listening to Enter Shikari live stuff because they have that fire, they have that excitement, they want to be there, they want to do a show, and a lot of their energy comes from being on stage. They have always been like that. So, I'm in on that. Yeah, and like, again, like, I'm just, I was just trying to find the name of that album. But it's, it's not an album, it's, they just did the gig out of the Pally. They released it as an album sound. as well, it's right here. Oh, fine. Stop denying my facts. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking at Shikari's thing, and you know, Sorry You're Not A Winner is still their biggest song on Spotify. It's got 11 million streams, which is quite weird. a lot. That's um, still all their their other stuff. I guess here. it's been around longest. Yeah, exactly. But, um, and it's also got that kind of nostalgia trip for people now. But all this other stuff on here, I don't know if it's just because it's the more recent stuff, but you know, you're dealing in like low millions for a band. And while that might seem like a lot, you know, a song getting two million streams is, is awesome, especially when it's a, a, a legitimate alternative rock band. Um, that's not making them a lot of money. Like that's not in itself going to be a bit, means they're suddenly a big band that can just sit on their laurels and just, you know what's the cash roll in and if if Enzo Shikari want to release an, a live album every two years because it gives them a bit of extra money to then put back into what I imagine is a very expensive live show and all the rest of it fair fucking play to them um, it's you know, very cool Iron Maiden put a live album out at least one live album out on every single album cycle they do and I, I love it because I like being able to have uh, different Maiden set lists available to me that I can listen to um, that also have that live element to them you know the, the Book of Souls one I love that album um, or certainly most of it and so I liked hearing a set that started with um, If Eternity Should Fail and, and then but then also having like you know Wrath Child and Two Minutes to Midnight and the rest of them kind of thrown in there as well I like having that, that option to pick those up so I'm cool with it I don't pick up every single live album that a band does and I probably, again, Maiden are the only one that comes to mind of bands that I listen to live albums of all the time. But um, I think if you're just, moaning, just making them some money, just fine. Bands don't make money anymore from from their conventional music means for the most part. So just I think if you're moaning, it's not for you. And if you're a fan yeah. and you want it, and that's they're doing it for that. So, so stop moaning. Yeah, and also and free crabs with every album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kill crabs and just stick no. in an album for L. That's what she wants. Three dead crabs. No. Um, ben Wilmot asks, off the back of the article Stephen Hill published, Metal Hammer around increasingly prevalent female vocals in up and coming bands. 
Were you disheartened by the sort of comments appearing in your delightful Facebook page? Do you think this is reflective of our community in general, or just loudmouth Grebos pissing in the wind? <laughs> wow. Loudmouth Grebos pissing in the wind. That's quite poetic. <laughs> we kind of covered this a little bit last week. Yeah, um, we did. Stephen Hill put up a piece about, uh, as, as it says, um, a increasing number of female artists that are kind of... I guess it's not just that they're here, it's that they're making their voices heard and bringing us a perspective that metal hasn't really focused around before. What is funny is, I naively thought, in the back of my mind, if there's any criticism to this piece, it's probably, why are you writing a piece about women in metal when women in metal have been around a long time and you're kind of singling them out for something? Which we were very mindful of when we were putting together an issue we did last January which was celebrating women in rock mm-hmm. you know on the one hand we were like maybe it's a bad idea to just focus on women because you're sort of othering them and on the other hand we're like well actually there's fucking loads of amazing music being made by women and we want to celebrate it and in that magazine we just did loads of good features that happened to be about bands that had female musicians in them it was you know it wasn't kind of a oh look at these women it was this is all the cool stuff going on, and you might not even notice, but there's you know, some cool stuff uh, you know, happening with women in metal. And so Stephen published this, and actually it wasn't about that. It was just people kind of being quite misogynistic towards women, and a bit sexist, and saying... Not even a bit sexist in some... Yeah, it's just downright. Some of the stuff was, like, grim. Some of the comments were actually grim. And some of them were a bit more gentle, but kind of said, hey, you know women haven't been oppressed, you're kind of making this up, and, you know, the, the fact is that it has been kind of harder for women in the whole of life in general. Yeah, deal with so, it, it's true. Not it, women, people, <laughs> people keep critiquing that point. You know, across, across the board, I think we can all agree in this day and age that there are certain things that have been difficult if you're a woman that you just have to kind of navigate, and it's harder for some women than others, et cetera, et cetera. And this kind of says, hey, in this day and age, isn't it cool that actually there are some female vocalists or female musicians who are making noise about some of the issues that affect women or just life issues and having a platform to do that and isn't that good yeah exactly and that's kind of all it wasn't even supposed to be i mean i don't like it when people say political because i don't really understand why anyone would have an issue with you know equality and whatever we gotta go down that road but it wasn't political when moral point scoring no. To start with, it wasn't like a politicised article. He was just going, I'm excited about this because more people are having a voice and more people are talking about things that are important. You know, we were talking about Motley Crue and Kiss earlier being an entertainment factory. And they're great bands for entertainment. But then, you know, sometimes maybe you want something else and you are angry about uh, some of the things Larissa's angry about from Venom Prison. You know, she's talking about um, uh, all kinds of things like... Um, what happens in a rape trial or you know forced pregnancy all kinds of things and maybe you want to be angry about that and neither of which are things that have covered in, in metal very much you know, you know generally and that's interesting so that's all he was saying he's saying it's interesting and i'm interested in this and everybody piled on yeah uh, yeah exactly and he's also saying you know he's kind of holding his hands up and going as a man i've not really thought about or probably seeked out or made an effort to look at these kind of points of view via the music I listened to before. If you've got Serena from Svalbard talking about slut shaming, I mean, that's just a totally unheard of 
topic to be to be covered in in the metal scene really on a wide yeah. scale and Steve was basically just going I'm a bloke and I've not really thought about this and this is opening my eyes to stuff that it wasn't in a way and that's cool and that was it really yeah. <laughs> like you said there's not much you didn't see that much mo- mo- kind of manoeuvring for people to get angry about it he just kind of went I like these bands and that's cool and it's a bit like yeah, yeah that's it really. you, you could come along and go yeah maybe you should have you know actually take taken notice of some of these societal issues before and maybe you should have listened to more women in metal before you could say that if you wanted to but at the end of the day he's kind of coming forward and saying I'm listening to this now and this is what I think yeah and um, basically I don't think it was meant to be as insane as everybody thought it was meant to be no and you could the funny the, the, if you want, the, the best evidence of people of where the internet is at nowadays is all these people that came steaming in going Oh, you don't even mention Arch Enemy then? Oh, you don't even mention Emma Ruth Rundle then? It's like, they're in the piece, dickhead. Read it. It's just, yeah, a bit weird, it's it? so odd. Um, it's yeah, an easy just... subject for people to pile on top of, I guess, but at the end of the day, it was not anything really controversial, so... I guess we kind of really went answered. off a bit for, for what it was. Yeah, and we haven't really answered Ben's question, I've got to say. Where are we disheartened? Were you disheartened? By the sorts of comments appearing in your delightful Facebook page. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you kind of think, well, you, you know we have people on our Facebook page who just go there to get off on causing trouble, to just post memes and say bullshit because they enjoy it and they know they can. So you kind of know those people exist, but yeah, it's a little disheartening, isn't it, to see so many in one place. But then it was very heartening to see people come back and offer counter-criticism to what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, I always say it's, the people who talk bullshit are a vocal minority and often people who would take the opposing view won't bother to comment or engage with it or some people will be passionate and they will engage with it but it's a vocal minority usually talking shit and I think that's just kind of again reflective of society at large there's a lot of people out there who want to talk shit there's a lot of people who want to not (laughs) so uh, you know society's got its shitty bits the metal community's got its shitty bits. And hopefully, at some point, we can all be nice to each other. That'd which I've nice. said before, yeah. I was talking to... Uh, this is a name drop, but there's a reason to it. I was talking to Tobias Kang. Forge from Ghost um, the other week about how people just don't seem to understand that if you... If, I'm not saying that if you've got an opinion that something's bad or that you disagree with it, you shouldn't feel free to air it, even if it's ridiculous in some cases. Um... But if you if you kind of just spit your dummy out and piss all over your keyboard in anger and comment and just co- keep commenting and commenting and commenting on on the Facebook post that has made you angry, I, I still don't think people understand that you're just bringing attention to it. Like Steve's piece ended up being the most read thing on our website that week, which is mm. great because it was a good piece and it was it was done in the, the name of positivity. But I can't help but feel a lot of that is because of people trying to shut it down and censor it which is yeah. kind of ironic really. you do draw more attention to it um, and the reason I was talking to Tobias Forge about that is because he, he was making parallels with uh, the way Ghost have got um, uh, traction and the reason I say that now is because you'll hear more about that very soon starting next week also, hint, really, hint, hint. I don't want to sit next to you anymore if you start pissing on your keyboard Well, I'm, I'm not here for this I'm not the kind of person that gets angry about <laughs> an article about women in bands so <laughs> it's very <laughs> unlikely to be honest you're wearing your keyboard. You I'm aware I just used quite a good point, uh, an important point to, to just shamelessly plug something we're working on, but you know, I'm a cynical hack, so there we go. Aww. More of that next week.
Um, Richard has asked, a bit like asking this. Yeah, you are late. It's like February 22nd or whatever it is now. Uh, what would be your picks for a top three romantic metal records of all time? He's given us rules as well. He's not fucking about. Oh. Half of the tracks must be about love, heartbreak, longing. Merlin I, warned me about this question, but I've not prepared. I did. I but did. there is one that comes to mind in the moment. Him. Oh. That's not fair. I thought that ages ago. Well, I just thought about it now. Love metal. That's what. Look, I've got it written right here. Proof. So, love metal. It's even called love metal. Um, which is a double meaning, like it's love hard. metal, the genre that he invented, and a command to love metal. Love metal. A command we can all agree with. I love that record. It came out. Yeah, me too. Still my favorite hair album. It came out, and I just had a CD of it because you know old times, and I would just put the CD on repeat. It was brilliant and. You can really soak in that one, I think. Like a nice bath. Like a lovely bath. Like a metal bath full of delicious soap suds. So many tunes on it as well. Buried in Love by Love, Funeral of Hearts. Funeral uh, of Hearts is so Sweet good. Sweet Pandemonium, Soul on Fire. I love that tune. Soul Sweet on Pandemonium. Fire. The Sacrament, oh. of course. It's the Sacrament brilliant. is you. The Sacrament is you. <laughs> uh, I love how like, so many of his songs voice. are like... How many of him, him's things take like something savage and something really lovey-dovey and just stick it together? It's like, buried alive by love, <laughs> the funeral of hearts. It's a bit like that Bill Bailey. Raise a blank romance. It's a bit like that Bill Bailey sketch where he talks about Slayer. Fortress and of tears. <laughs> Relentless. <coughs> Help, you've broken me. Sorry. Fortress of tears, brilliant. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. I can't think of any others behind that, though. But it's like the Bill Bailey sketch we talked about. Vampire Heart. Sorry, you've got Bob Bill Bailey thing. Yeah, we talked about the sketch and you talked about Slayer and how they come in and go, hello, we're Slayer. This is. And then, you know, they go into the riff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like that. It's like lovely lads. He just gets lazy near the end. Dark light. <laughs> Why hasn't someone done one of those hymn name generators of different songs where it mixes up all the things and you get your own one? I know. Oh, he, oh, he switched it the other way around for this one. Venus, doom. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Anyway, so I can't think of another one. We said yesterday typo negative, yeah, but if you actually look at their those. song titles and stuff, it's not really... There's good songs though, like I think, again, because typo negative in the current issue, we talked about black number one. I love that song. And it's not so much like, you know, a romantic song, but it's affectionate. It's a and sexy it, song, isn't it's it? It's affectionate. They're a sexy band. Um, it's an affectionate it. song because he's sort of singing about how she's a massive goth. And um, <laughs> I, know, I love the line, loving you is like loving the dead. That's brilliant. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there that he was quite, um, you know, romantic in his lyrics. Realist, gothic, romantic lyrics. I can only think and of... And he wrote a lot about relationships because he felt like he was fucked over a few times, so that kind of came out in the lyrics, didn't it? He was, yeah. He has a lot what of... What else? Uh, um, I mean, it, I don't know. With metal, it's kind of like romantic metal. There's not a lot of that. Like I said, there's kind of like sexy metal bands, like people find Man of Manson sexy and sort of negative and... I liked placebo, things like change your taste in men. Tasteable just taste in men. Not really metal. Not Sorry metal. to be that guy. It's not, but... Yeah, I don't know, I like really. Me. 
please come on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Metal Hammer Readers, and suggest some romantic loads. metal for us. It's got to, to be loads, I've just not thought about it. But it's got to be thematically romantic, it can't just sound nice. Yeah, about love. They don't just want some goth band that they're, kidding, they're singing about greys and shit. Like, about it's got love, to be romantic. Heartbreak, longing, etc. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be more. I definitely I can feel think like of songs, but I can't think about them. Do some more songs, like, I think. Um, Heart Shaped Glasses by Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Don't break, break my heart, heart, I won't break your heart. Heart Shaped Glasses. glasses. That's a love song. That isn't was it? vulnerable. Yeah, that's vulnerable, Maz. Dieter Dunton, and he felt sad. Is what mm, there. I like Metallica, Nothing Else Matters. <laughs> a lot of people have that at their wedding. That's a lovely they? song. Yeah. Classic song. Um, um, yeah, I can only, it's only just individual ones, really. You know? So Danzig. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah? I guess. Maybe? I don't know. I guess, it, I guess, I guess if you kind of think about all the kind of mid to late noughties, uh, earliest kind of whiny metalcore bands, the Vans Warped metalcore bands generation, a lot of them were probably singing about girlfriends and what else, whatever else. Oh, what you broke up with yeah. me. Old, old architects were about relationships. A little bit of that. Um, I want to say Amity Affliction did a, do a bit of that. I know they do a lot of stuff about mental health and stuff as well, but they got a song called This Could Be Heartbreak, I think it's called. Will you miss me when, when I'm gone? Oh, but again, I don't know if that's about love, actually. I might have fucked that up. Ignore me. Um, yeah, that's not, that's not, I don't think. No, I think that might be about... That's about darkness, darkness. yeah. Pretend I didn't say that. I was uh, undermining a much more serious song. But yeah, they do. I think they do have some stuff that, that goes into that. I'm not too sure. I don't know. This is all just going to prove that I don't know shit about romantic metal. So once again, go on our Facebook page at dot com forward slash... Mahama readers, and please tell us some romantic. There's metal got to be more. I feel like I'm failing at this. Well, I think we've got to move on. Oh, fine. <laughs> uh, Richard <laughs> asks, bit late asking this. Just done that. Oh, sorry. Get over the romantic metal. Move on. Oh, come on. Hey. <laughs> so you're gonna make me say Tim Thunderbolt Martin? Yeah. Is that a real name? Tim Thunderbolt Martyr asks, why are some big bands such as ZZ Top, Gajira, Tenacious D and Alice in Chains doing the European festival circuit but doing their own shows in the UK? Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to why ask them, wouldn't we? I don't know, I guess well, there's not, just firstly, There's not enough slots to go around all the time and sometimes it just suits a band more for their touring cycle to... Um, to do their own stuff. Um, I mean, all I will say is that not all the festivals have announced all their lineups yet, so that you might see some people dot about. Um, Glastonbury haven't announced their um, their lineup yet, and I saw ZZ Top at Glastonbury about five years ago, so they could do Glastonbury again, I guess. Um, although, what, um, hold on, are ZZ Top doing a. I think ZZ Top might be doing a festival in the UK. I don't know. Oh, fill some air while I look this up. Um, I'm excited about the festival season. It's going to be good. Uh, big bands, ZZ Top, Kajira, Tenacious D and Alice in Chains. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's all, you never really know what goes on, do you? There's always festivals making various offers, bands seeing what routes they're going to take around places. Some bands might just prefer to do their own shows. You've got the massive Ramstein show coming up this year. Presumably they wanted to do just an all-out big Ramstein show rather than 
be on a festival. Metallica as well have done that. Yeah, Metallica have done that. So traditionally those bands you would have seen as headliners, but they're just doing their own thing, I guess, because they can. Oh, yeah, I think maybe I'm getting mixed up with last year. I thought ZZ Top did, like, um, Rambler Man on one of those kind of festivals. But, yeah, they're doing they're doing Wembley Arena on July 12th. Um, but, yeah, I actually made a joke on Twitter uh, the other week um, that I noticed that Gajira's... Um, Gajira's UK dates are right around Glastonbury. And uh, so I know, I know Glastonbury have been booking heavier bands now. I saw Horror there last time I went and Napalm Death smashed it last time there at Glastonbury. Um, and obviously we've seen Metallica headline a few years ago. We've seen Bring the Horizon play. Wouldn't it be fucking hilarious if they booked Gajira to play Glastonbury? Yeah, it'd be so cool. I say hilarious. It would actually be amazing. Yeah. I would be the front row and centre. Um, seems... Seems impossible that that could happen, but who knows. Tenacious D, I reckon, could do Glasto. Yeah. I know we're talking about a different conversation now, but... But just... uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're playing like two dates at the O2 or something, aren't they? They're doing something crazy big. Oh, why? They're doing... I might have got this wrong. Who's Quick. still going to I'm see gonna, this band? I'm going to Google it. This is the podcast of Googling. Oh, Help. man. Yeah, Tenacious sure. D could do Glastonbury. Uh, could Alison Chains do Glastonbury? Yeah, they're more. They're actually they actually more like have more crossover with the kind of people that would go. Like they people do. would be more amiable, I'm sure, to that sound, even if they didn't know the band. Yeah, that's, yeah, I don't know, but um, you know, I uh, I I've lost my track of thought now. Yeah, earache are behind um, a lot of the heavy bands <laughs> that get booked for Glastonbury now. Don't show me something and laugh at it because then no one's gonna know what that is. I just went on it's the radio format. I just went on the Tenacious D website and there's a picture of Jack and Kyle playing guitars. And between them, there's a two-headed dog, and it's like my new favourite thing. Ah, uh, good. Um, Fine. <laughs> I like it. Oh, there's an alien! I don't care. I'm one over. Stop showing... Stop, stop talking about stuff that people can't see out. There's an alien. And stop I, talking what's about... What's that? Is it a pterodactyl? Stop talking about stuff people can't see. We're on the fucking podcast. What are you des- doing? I've just described a two-headed dog. Yeah, well, I'm sure that that's great for them. Aren't they hilarious? Yeah, oh, they're doing Wembley. They're doing two dates at Wembley Arena. In, uh, incredible. June the 1st and the 2nd. Incredible. That's crazy, isn't it? Incredible for a band with three good songs. Um, but yeah, so maybe we'll see some stuff at Glastonbury. Earache, uh, they don't book a ton of Earache bands, but Earache are involved in a stage at Glastonbury. Stop showing me the two-headed dog, Elle. I want it so badly. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping, with no inside knowledge, I have to admit, that uh, we'll get to see some heavy bands at Glastonbury. Um, and yeah, as I said, because you are in country around that time, so book them, Emily, this. That would be incredible. And actually, Gajira, they did like a Lollapalooza festival or something in the States, didn't they? Or a band, what's it called? I can't remember. They've done it, they, they're, they're like on a really unusual festival, but it's got like zero other metal bands on it in the States. So you never Coachella? know what could happen. I don't think it's Coachella. I don't remember. No, it's definitely not Coachella. No. Anyway, we're rambling. Um, but my point is, um, you don't know. There's lots of reasons bands don't do festivals and they do their own shit instead. Uh, but I hope we'll get a sprinkling of metal bands at Glastonbury again this year because I thought that was great um, to see yeah, that last time Yeah, I think out. so too. So Represent. we'll see what happens. Alex Pike asks, any thoughts on Architects pulling out of Jira on Air 2019 due to the headline mix-up? Do you want to fill us in on that, Merlin? So this is a, a weird one. Um, so Jira on Air is a, oh, I think, Dutch festival. Let me double-check that. Uh, the website address is yeah it's, yeah it's Holland it's in Holland um, so it's a, it's a it's a Dutch festival in Holland at the end of June um, 
And uh, so Architects are basically booked to be a quote-unquote headliner. And from what I can gather from what the band have said and what the festival have then come out and said, they were basically booked as a headliner. They were agreed to be billed as such on the poster. Um, and I don't actually know if this is because of Parkway Drive because it's not been confirmed. But I presume it's Parkway Drive because what's basically happened is Parkway Drive has since been added as another headliner. Except on the festival bill, Parkway Drive are on top and they've got their big logo on there and stuff. And then under that, you can see some 41 and Architects in kind of regular type. They've not been given their own, um, their own fonts and all the rest of it. So Architects are pulled out, basically citing that, you know, they've been kind of uh, undermined as far as the bidding on the poster goes. Another, they were promised a headliner slot. As far as I can work out, they were still due to play a headliner slot, but the, 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 the posters basically made it look like Parkway Drive was a big headliner, and then you kind of got these other two headliners, but they're not quite as much of a headliner as Parkway Drive because they're not as high up on the poster. And so Architects have pulled out, and they released a statement about that. Jira on Air replied with their own statement, and the internet has opinions. Do you, L? <laughs> why, why do I have to have a take? Uh, well, I you don't actually, if you don't want to. I just think it's a shame, isn't it? It sounds like there was a bit of a fuck up somewhere down the line, you know, and people's expectations weren't met, and now it's kind of all public, and people who wanted to go and see them at the festival and won't be able to. Obviously, it's just an announcement, so people weren't like looking forward to it as such. But that's a shame for people who can't see them. It's a shame for the band not being able to play or feeling, you know, feeling like they can't play the festival anymore just seems like somewhere along the line something went a little bit wrong and now it's resulted in something that's a shame for everybody that's all I can really say about it I think that is a balanced and reasonable hot take (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah I think the same Um, I do think that people that are kind of laying into architects about it I get that people are probably disappointed especially if you booked a ticket for them Um, at the same time if you feel that an, someone's made an agreement with you and they're not living up to that agreement, again, I'm not saying that's the case, but that seems to be what architects are saying, then you kind of have to, you know, there are times when you have to kind of stand up for yourself. And while it might seem petty to some people to pull out because of where your name is on the bill, that kind of projection can make a really big difference to a lot of bands, you know? Um, but again, don't know if that's exactly the case, but it seems to be what it's all about. Who knows? You can go and read their statements and make your minds up for yourselves, basically. Yeah. So do that. Do that, eh? That's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to pick up the 50 Years of Metal Spectacular that is on the shelves as we speak right now. You've only got another week to get it on newsstands in the UK. Uh, we'll be back next week. I'm going to see Gal. On, uh, on Monday, yeah. That's cool. He's got his um, his solo project going on at the moment. He's just about to release its f- the first album under that name. Um, also supported by Tribulation, so that's going to be a gig. So I'll be talking about that next week. And we'll be back with all the latest news and reviews from the world of heavy metal. See you then. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Summer's nearly here. Well, not really. Spring's, Thank nearly. Fuck Spring's nearly here. Hooray. Hooray.